With the tranquility of rural England shattered by civil war, evil was spawned at a time of strife in the land. Take him, Stern. Look for the devil's marks upon him. Run. Help it, you two. Pounding the innocent in violence and terror, this evil man showed no mercy in the pursuit and interrogation of his victims. He was called the Witch Finder General. And amidst the horror of the witch hunt, a story of tender young love. Didn't your uncle just say you must early to bed? He did. And isn't he a wise man? He is. But even their innocence is cruelly corrupted by the vile touch of the Witch Finder General. My motive in coming here was to find the truth. Vincent Price is the Witch Finder General. Lust and greed were his only gods. The money from the magistrate. Nine guineas in silver. Good. Now we can leave. Ian Ogilvy as Richard Marshall. He stood alone against the forces of devilish destruction. And tis in thy sight, O Lord, that I hereby swear I shall not rest from the pursuit of his murderers till they stand before thee, ready to answer to thee for their sins. Rupert Davies as John Lowe's. Master Marshall, welcome. Patrick Weimark as Oliver Cromwell. Amongst the most pleasurable aspects of victory, gentlemen, is the opportunity it affords to reward valour. It ranks almost with good food. And Wilfred Bramble. And uh, what line of business might you be in? God's business. Witch finding. Witch finding. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. And introducing Hilary Dwyer as Sarah. Filmed in authentic detail and photographed with piercing realism against the actual background of peaceful villages and quiet countryside. Never has England looked so beautiful, yet been so violent. I'm your man friend. John Stern, they call me. Man's inhumanity to man portrayed on the screen so vividly that you flinch. So real that you too will fear the Witch Finder General. Be the first to see it. Be the first to talk about it. The Witch Finder General. It's the happiest, spookiest season of all. I'm Nolan. Stacey Bogart. Melanie Daniels. You listen to Cinema Parlor. Guys, the spooky season continues. We got another wonderful horror flick to discuss this week. Looking forward to it. But before we do, Melanie, what are we drinking on today's show? This is called Drown the Witch. It's my pick. It's an apple beverage. And... Mm, delicious. It was very good. You like it? Mm-hmm. So it's two to three ounces bourbon. I, once again, I'm doing the Knob Creek bourbon. It's delicious. One teaspoon of apple brown sugar simple syrup. I gave the recipe for our last episode. It's the same, but instead you add apple spice to that. And I'll post it again in the show notes. One teaspoon of apple butter and then three to four ounces apple cider. Beautiful drink on a beautiful fall day. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Witchfinder General, but... Before we do, we're going to continue with Brains, Blood, and Popcorn. For those that have listened thus far through our Halloween specials here, you'll know that we're doing a marathon and we each pick three movies for each show. Four. Four movies. Yeah, we, which that's something that we initially said three. I think last week we changed it. We were doing four, but we didn't actually note it. Okay. But it's four films because we're going to have one next week as well. Four di- yeah, that's right. So four different shows. So we are ready for the third part. Without further ado, I'll go ahead and start us off. 
we are getting into the evening hours here. This is where I start thinking about, you know, giving you guys some some more dreamy shit. Just some fever dreams, some, you know, things that are going to unsettle you a little bit. These are these are what I like to to watch as the night gets on and this part of a marathon is a film by one of my favorite genre filmmakers, Valerian Barovchek, and this is The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Miss Osborne from 1981. For those that have never seen a Barovchek film, I don't know you should start with this one, but I think it's a really good movie. It's creepy, it's dreamy, it's perverted. What would you start with? I would actually say The Beast, probably, or Immoral Tales. I would start with those, and you kind of get, like, maybe his feel for, you know, just... He's he's very very perverse, so you get some of the aspects of his filmmaking and and understand him a little bit. Anyway, I'd start with those. For this marathon, we're playing this. I wrote a review on Letterboxd. You can read if you want, but I'll just say a little couple sentences from that. He's a fascinating filmmaker, one that embraces sexual kinks and carnal desires by way of articulate transgressions. Barovchek, for all his fleshed out fantasies and gazing, finds a way to make his women characters liberated, especially in regard to sexual freedom and role reversals. That's my pick. Can I tell you a funny thing? Yes. I almost picked Labate. It fits with what my theme is. Sure. But I like that we both had a <laughs> broad check top for this pick specifically. Yeah, that's that's funny. All right, Stacy. My mind at this point of the night, we're going hard. I'm going with the Beyond Fulci. This is one of my favorite Italian horror films. Mm-hmm. It's easily my favorite Fulci. The craftsmanship on display, the images that he conjures up. I think it is a phenomenal film. It's my favorite of his Gates of Hell trilogy. It's a great movie. It's so fucking weird. Dude, I, I love this pick, especially with the one I just picked. Man, if you're watching those two back to back, you're in for a fucked up night, and I love it a lot. Great yeah. pick. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's my favorite Fulci. It's my favorite Fulci as well. Yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of people would have this in their shortlist for the best Italian horror films, which would put it on the shortlist for... One of the best horror films. Absolutely. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Beyond, this film is worth seeking out. Didn't they... Is there a new copy coming out? There should be. Uh, I know as of right now, Grindhouse releasing has a nice Blu-ray, and and it's a good transfer. Yeah, it's a solid transfer. I think we all watched that. Mm -hmm. I hope someday it'll get like a really nice 4K restoration, but the one that's out now looks great. Melanie, what do you got? This is a weird section for all of us. Mm -hmm. I'm going with... 1983's Videodrome from David Cronenberg. Damn. Yeah, so Videodrome. Mm. And this is a very, it fits in line with both of yours. It's a, I feel like Fever Dream's kind of overused, but that's definitely what this is. It's Mm -hmm. bizarre. I almost don't want to, if you've never seen it, you should just watch it going completely blind. It's a bizarre film. It's it's really good. It's one of my favorite Cronenbergs, which is saying something because I... I have a, there's a huge, especially this time period for him, the 80s are killer. Yeah, he's just on a roll and this is a really great film. And I'm not even a big fan of James Woods, but I really like this film. The visual effects in this movie are so good. Yeah, haunting. Yeah, (laughs) images that won't leave your mind. Great pick. I I really love this section from all of us. Yeah, I I love Videodrome. I I love all Cronenberg films. I, I feel like the film really captures just that weird, and, and I don't think it's this way anymore, but back in the day, like on the tube TV with cable, that, just like, that 2 like, what the fuck am I seeing on TV? Yeah, there's a there was a weird section where it would click over to infomercials and just weird things, and there would be, it didn't really matter what channel you were on, there would be very perverse things that would 
play just mm-hmm. randomly, these hotlines. It was very, oh, yeah. it was a weird, and you're kind of tired. It's this weird, heady part of the night anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes, this definitely captures a lot of how TV used to be during the yeah. 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. for sure. So, the biggest dilemma in scheduling this block, mm-hmm. this is when you'd eat supper. So, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember, kind of, it's none mm-hmm. of these films I really want to eat during. Maybe you want to eat a, a like a late lunch. Maybe. So... Do you remember what the last pick that we had for the last section? I don't. Company of Wolves, I believe, was our final. I think we went... Okay. Was Halloween in the middle? Halloween. No, no. Halloween. It was Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then, Nolan, what was your pick? Uh, my pick last week was The Wax. Yes. Museum. Yeah, Mystery, Mystery of the Wax Yes. And Company of Wolves was the Which, last. I think Company of Wolves is a nice ramp up for... This. For this. I... Nolan, how long does it take for uh, your film to go off the rails? Yeah, right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Yeah. Where do you think yours should go this week? Do you think it's... You know what? I think mine should go last. Okay. Because of that, it should be like towards when you're getting tired late in the evening. Okay. That's what my thought is. So I guess the question is, do you want to do dinner... During like those first 20 minutes of Videodrome where it's like the buildup before shit gets wild. Or you watch the beyond in the way that Italians watch movies back then where you don't really pay attention and you're just mm-hmm. in it for just the visuals. The, the visuals. Mm-hmm. I think we go first beyond. Off, okay. I think. We, well, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying, are you guys all right with. with yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I think it's beyond Videodrome and then. Strange case. I think that's personally that's how I would go. Works for me. I mean, okay. are you good with that? Yep, absolutely. What a wild. That's gonna be a night. Part. That's a good block. That that's a yep. really good section of mm-hmm. this. I've I've really dug this marathon so far. Mm-hmm. I would be pumped about it, all of these. It makes me want. I mean, that would be a hell of a night just right there watching those three movies <laughs> back to back to back. Yeah, we killed it. Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Yay us. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned for next week. With the conclusion of this uh, 24-hour horror marathon. Sorry, before we yeah. go to the next segment, what are we eating during this Oh, party? I know. We, 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 what did, what did so we say for lunch? Lunch, I said, Nolan, you said wings with blue cheese. Mm-hmm. And you guys, are doing, tacos. you guys are doing popcorn. Breakfast yeah. tacos was the breakfast. Oh, that's right. We said breakfast tacos and cereal. Last week, I think I said I wanted like chips, some sort of chip or a fried pickle. You said sandwich. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted a sandwich and that you guys were both eating popcorn all day. Okay. Yeah. This is where I'm at at this point. Not to get personal. I don't have the best belly in the world. Okay. So I don't want to overdo things at this point where, because I don't want to miss any of these three movies. So I'm sticking with some popcorn, light on butter, but it's still going to be there. And this is my candy section. You know, if you're getting your oh no, mm-hmm. it's because of the popcorn. The fiber pushes it through. We don't need to talk about this You're at all. feasting on fiber. Okay. I'm not doing the popcorn. I'm taking a break from the popcorn. See, I'm going into popcorn. No. What I want now is I want popcorn and Reese's pieces you know what i'm saving that for the next block f it i'm keeping you know what i'm keeping the popcorn I want, going i'm a popcorn I'm keeping the popcorn going i'm gonna have the i want two kinds of candy i'm going for sweet but sour here okay, okay. so first off i'm going with the you guys remember the nerd ropes but now they've made them in the clusters yeah or the the nerd gummy things i love those they i bought these for all of my friends this past christmas nice. because they had they were D&D branded, oh, yeah, Dungeons right. and Dragons branded uh, 
clumps. They were called yep. like mimics, mimic clusters or something. Yep. And it was because you bite into it thinking it's mm-hmm. going to be a hard yeah. nerd and it's this gummy. You got the gummy in the middle. So it's good. Nice. So They're I'm, really weird yeah, texture. They are. <laughs> so I'm having those. And then my other little sweet and sour candy that I'm doing are the... I don't know what they're called now, but they're the ropes that have gummy on the outside and the creamy stuff in the middle. No, it's like the, those are the... Sweet tarts, soft and chewy, cherry punch ropes. Twist them, share them, love them. Sweet tarts. Follow your tart. Yeah, sweet tart, they used to be, they they used to have a really cool name and now I think they're just like sour, chewy straws or something. But yeah, they're... If I can think of it, I will post it somewhere. But they, okay. whenever I started at the theater, they released those candies and yep. they had a special cute right. name. Mm-hmm. And my friend Joshua yep. would roll them. Uh. If you roll them between your hands, it pulls out that sour, uh. creamy center yep. and it comes out just like a tube. Uh-huh. I, re- I have a very visual, like visceral memory of him doing that and mm-hmm. me watching. Yeah. I, I think this is where I, I'm breaking away from your guys' choice. I'm going to go with like a pizza. Ooh. Like something something hearty that's going to fuel me for the rest of the night, but also something that I can eat quickly enough. Like I'm thinking like personal size pizza. Yeah. So something I can eat quickly enough to where once we start getting, you know, the gore mm-hmm. and the, the crazy yeah. shit, mm-hmm. like I'm not getting, you know, any goop or like nacho cheese that's getting cold. Nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah you don't want that. If you... Know. An order for Alamo, if you've never tried it, they have what's called Angry Style, which comes with, it's hot peppers or jalapenos. Mm, And a regular cheese pizza Angry Style from there is solid. It's such a good order. It's always a little crisp. It doesn't do the thing where it kind of like bends when you pick it up. Mm -hmm. So it's stiff enough where it doesn't fall off onto your lap. Delicious. Okay. That's a good call. And then Melanie, you're, you said you're doing popcorn and, and Reese's pieces? I'm, I think I'm doing popcorn and Reese's pieces, or depending on if it's my own choice, it'll be either peanut butter M&M's or peanut M&M's mm, yeah. or Reese's pieces. Okay. Any of those, I'm fine. I want something that's a little bit... I do like sweet and savory. I like mm-hmm. to eat bits of my candy with my popcorn. Sure. So, yeah, that's definitely... I'm, I'm moving into that full snack mode at this point. And beer. I probably actually am going to go Coke Zero because... The calories are really starting to build at this point. That's true. Me. I would probably start... I mean, I would have water all day, but I would probably... It's a one-night extravaganza. Let the calories build. Yeah. But, I, again, this is personal issues that we're going to cut out. But I just... I couldn't do it. Yeah. It, Get my you body... you got to pace yourself. I could try to pace myself with my mom, but my stomach doesn't like me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> with that being said, let's get into today's film. Melanie, this week was... Your pick. And your choice was 1968's Witchfinder General, directed by Michael Reeves. Tell us why this was your pick. I really love this film. This is one that I watched with my grandmother when I was... I don't remember the first time I watched it. It was before I was even really on the grid. She is a huge horror movie fan. She loves Vincent Price. She had all of his Roger Corman films. She Something she's always said that kind of makes me laugh is she loves a gentle murder in her films. I don't <laughs> think that's true here. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's some really brutal death in this yeah, film. Yeah. And watching it as an adult, recalibrating myself of thinking of her watching this and really loving it is kind of crazy to me because this is a pretty hardcore film. Absolutely. Michael Reeves was an English film director and screenwriter. He made three feature films. Mm -hmm. This was his last. He passed away a few months after its release. 
but he had, in 1966, She-Beast, a.k.a. Revenge of the Blood Beast, starring Barbara Steele. The Sorcerers in 1967, starring Boris Karloff. And this film, Witchfinder General, starring Vincent Price. He actually wanted Donald Pleasance in the leading role instead of Vincent, which kind of the studio over the film pushed for Vincent to be in it because he was one of their top stars at the time. Vincent was in it or he wasn't doing the film. The film wasn't going to happen. So begrudgingly, he accepted. And famously, him and Vincent kind of butted heads where they didn't get along. And I forget the exact line, but it's something where Vincent was like, how many films did you make? And he goes, well, two good ones. (laughs) Kind of implying that Vincent Mm -hmm. had made a a ton of cheesy films. Uh And I, there was a lot of back and forth putting heads Mm -hmm. where Reeves purposely wouldn't make himself available to Vincent thinking that would kind of make him mad. Almost like he was trying to push him off the film, but they worked through the whole thing and it got a better performance out of Price. Ultimately at the end, when it came to the end, they were amicable and they both agreed that it was something really special and it was an incredible yep. film, which is true. I think it's Vincent's best horror performance by far. He's really good. He, in the film. He's, yeah. there's just something, he doesn't, it's not quite the, and I love Vincent any, any time, but it's not quite the stagey theatrical. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more, it feels more cinematic, if that makes sense. Yeah. His performance. No, I agree. I agree with that. But another Person who stars in all three of his films, which he's our main hero in this film as well, Ian Ogilvie. Ian would go on, like I said, he starred in all three of these films, but he also had quite the cinematic career. And then he went on to, at one point, I think he was in talks to be Bond. Oh, wow. Which I, but I feel like any British actor for a time, mm-hmm. there, everyone's like, well, this is the next Bond. Now, so was he Richard? Is is yes, in the film? yes, okay. Richard Richard Marshall. He did go on to replace Roger Moore for a bit on The Saint. Yeah. And that, I think that was kind of the end of him being Bond anyways. So, uh, or talks of Ogilvy being Bond. Michael Reeves, sadly, he, like I said, died a few months after this. He died of an alcohol and barbiturates overdose. It was an accident. If you consider the time period he's coming up, because he's 25 when he dies, it's a really interesting time in cinema. He left his mark for certain, but I feel like he would have had such a huge impact and I, he would have gone on to be a household name and a very significant figure in cinema i feel right as the new hollywood's beginning in america yeah. you've got the french new wave going on you can see from the get-go he was a super talented dude and he would have seen mainstream success mm-hmm. sure and i love that it seems like he really was fascinated with the pointing his camera at the wicked or ugly side of humanity and whether it's historical or fantasy, he really delved into that. And again, I just, it's, it's a tragedy. Yeah, for sure. This film is amazing and I'm very happy that we're talking about it. I'm happy Nolan, you finally got to see it. Yeah. First time watch for me. I loved it. Oh, it's a great movie. I find it to be a difficult watch, but I think it's brilliant. As I said, Witchfinder General 1968, Directed by Michael Reeves from Letterboxd. He'll hang, burn, and mutilate you. He's the Witchfinder General. England, 1645. The cruel civil war between royalists and parliamentarians that is ravaging the country causes an era of chaos and illegal arbitrariness that allows unscrupulous men to profit by exploiting the absurd superstitions of the peasants. Like Matthew Hopkins, a monster disguised as a man who wanders from town to town offering his services as a witch hunter. Our cast here, 
Vincent Price as Matthew Hopkins, Ian Ogilvy as Richard Marshall, Rupert Davies as John Lowe's, Hilary Dwyer as Sarah, Robert Russell as John Stern, Tony Selby as Salter. Patrick Lamarck, he, for anyone that's a folk horror fan, you might recognize Cromwell in this. He's also the judge in The Blood on Satan's Claw. Here, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I, before we get into this real quick, that we should mention is this is a part of what's known as the Holy Trinity in folk horror films, along with Blood on Satan's Claw and The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. So, Which you have, just to give a timeline, this film came out in 1968, Blood on Satan's Claw came out in 71, Wicker Man is 73, so you kind of just, at quick succession, you have all of these films. Uh, again, I don't understand this moniker. It's, it's something that's kind of been given by... Um, I believe the director of... Um, Blood on Satan's Claw, yeah, he and, came up with and it. Historians and critics have kind of stuck with that and given it to these I three guess, films. And I don't think this movie is like the other two because this movie is based on things that happened. It's more based in reality because the, yeah. the horror isn't wit- wicked witches or anything like that. It's that Matthew Hopkins is a son of a bitch. Right. How come folk horror doesn't include other folklore like vampires and werewolves? Uh, that I can't answer. But I would suggest you watch the three-hour documentary by Kayla Janice from last year. It's really good. That discusses these three movies a lot and then a lot of other stuff. I will just say I am no scholar on the subject at all. An interesting subject and I'm I'm glad it's something that's kind of been brought into the critical world lately. So I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. That's right. I started off here by saying it's a beautiful day for a hanging. Um <laughs> We kind of start the movie by uh, being introduced to Matthew Hopkins. Uh, he wants to eliminate witchcraft in England. Does he? I think that's a fair question. I, I didn't like... He wants to get that bag. Right. Mm-hmm. He wants money. He wants money. And It's not literally witches, but... Sex. Yeah. But he's convincing people, or trying to, that they're witches. And he's Olympic pervert who... Mm. Gets off on subjugating uh, those who cannot. No idea. For this episode, I read the discovery of witches and the Malice Maleficarum. That's is a bummer. Boring. It's a blood-soaked, <laughs> awful, evil book mm-hmm. because just historically what what it was used for. But man, is it boring! And a lot of guys that their penises didn't work, and they were just like, "Well, mm-hmm. obviously she did it. She's a witch because my penis mm-hmm. won't get hard. It's been stolen." Yeah, so stupid. Just a bunch of garbage ass people who. Trying to tell women what to do. One thing I want to ask, Noon, how do you feel about that title? Like the oh, way yeah. it goes straight from the hanging to it shows so Matthew Hopkins yeah. and then Witchfinder General of yeah. the Corner. It's great. Yeah. The, yes. Well, we should mention that the uh, original U.S. title is The Conqueror Worm. Right. So AIP released the film. I think that Tegan Tigan produced it, uh, the British studio. But it was distributed in America by American International Pictures, uh, Corman's distribution house, where um, all of his uh, Poe films came out of. So to continue that tradition and make the uh, film more marketable, they named it after a Poe story. Mm -hmm. Um, But this has nothing to do with The Conqueror Worm. Right. It is a pretty metal title, but yeah, nothing, nothing at all. This is a metal film. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. I feel that for sure. Mm -hmm. It's such a mean movie. Yeah. I think these like opening shots 
do a, a great job of like showing you how he's going to use the landscape and the vistas throughout the movie, how he shoots location, how the characters are going to move and act in the spaces that they've been given. It's a, a movie with a lot of like forest and landscape and it, good chunk of the movie takes place outside which is something I outside in daylight yeah mm-hmm. it's there's no i don't there's like one or two night shots yeah but it's mostly broad daylight sun shining but that also makes it a little blood on the um, squad does that too so does wicker man the the nighttime shots are very natural though they're not lit mm-hmm. Mm-mm. no they, yeah this the lighting in this film i think is really great you don't notice a lot of it because it is so outdoors and lit but anytime you're inside I love the lighting. Mm-hmm. It feels very cozy and warm, which For is sure. another weird juxtaposition of everything looks quaint and cozy and it's not. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. The background and really in the foreground, both, we get a understanding that there's a civil war going on in England at this time. There's a scene early on where we meet Richard, who's going to be our main character. His group of soldiers are confronted by the opposite group of soldiers who kind of like sneak up on them yeah it's just to give you some kind of guidance so he's what's called a roundhead and these were supporters of parliament uh during the civil war and this took place in 1642 to 1651 ish and they were fighting against uh king charles the first of england okay so that's that's what the civil war in a very tiny nutshell but he's a roundhead to cut it short he saves his Commanding officer. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah he's, a, he's considered a war hero. Yeah. And he's very highly respected, which comes to help him. But yeah, he's highly respected among his men. Absolutely. So after this happens, he, he gets to go on like a little two-day leave. And he ends up going to a town that I've already forgot the name Brandston. of. Brandon, thank you. <laughs> and he knows the priest there. And he's also familiar with his niece named Sarah. So he goes to visit them. And as he's there, he talks to the priest and the priest lets him know that there's some bad, bad things going on around here, possibly. And it's the very beginning of it. So they this town hasn't actually seen anything fully yet. So it's just these kind of whisperings of there's something happening north mm-hmm. of us. There's something that's trickling down through the country. And it's this sickness. Mm-hmm. This evil man that's coming around, yeah. rounding people up. And Richard's very not really sure what he's talking about. He seems like he doesn't really know what's going on, but he knows that the priest is telling him he should marry Sarah soon so that he can help the situation. This is agreed upon. Richard and Sarah, she's very happy about it. So they decide to get married. Um, that evening, Richard and Sarah pound like yesterday's meat. So they have a nice sexual encounter. You, you can't just leave a nice thing well, just there. That's me, man. Sexier than some of the things I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. For sure. After this all happens, uh, Richard does have to head back to his, back to the war, back to his troops. At this point, we really start to meet Matthew Hopkins and some of his, well, his second-hand man, who is John uh, Stern. Stern. Played by Kenny Omega. <laughs> He has a bit of that look to him, doesn't he? <laughs> Put some respect on the cleaner's name. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna like yeah. <laughs> He's actually Canadian. He is Canadian. Hopkins has rounded up some of the village folk that live in this town, the priest and Sarah's home, to accuse uh, her uncle, the priest, of being a devil worshiper. Yeah. 
Look, he still prays to Satan. Get on with your task. If the devil made you a priest, he's going to have hidden his mark with a lot of care. Really a nasty scene. I love it. I don't know what this uh, device would be. but This is one of the methods Hawkins loved to use. And they would take his lady prickers. Mm. That was his band that would go around with him. John Stern was his number <laughs> that was two. The, They were called the lady they, prickers. He would call Amazing. his accompaniment the lady prickers. So, yes, and they would take this long needle. And it a lot of times, if you see historical drawings, it kind of looks mm-hmm. like a syringe. So, and it's a very long device. And they would poke all around and they were looking for a point that didn't bleed and that the person wouldn't cry out and that if the second that they found that mark Mm -hmm. that that was where the devil had touched you and you were a witch and that confirmed it this wasn't a method that could be they had to do other tests but Mm -hmm. this is like kind of the first one they would do Uh and then they would do torturing by sleep deprivation and Mm -hmm. physical force which we see later too but they, that was kind of the number two, and then the last would be the swimming test, which we'll get into later. But sure, yeah, this device is a pricker, and which, they would just stab you at all different points of your body, all over. Got to keep going until you find the spot. It, it's just a just a it gross was, form of torture to get somebody to confess to something they didn't do. Exactly. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. the, the idea was. You could, I mean, how long would it take you, Nolan, to stab every part of Stacy's body, <laughs> <laughs> or how long would it take mm-hmm. for you to stab him and him be like, "Yes, I'm a witch. Uh-huh. I, I did, did it." it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. It'd take one 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 poke on me. And you have to imagine doing that and then combined with sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, Brutal. So sick. I have written down that uh Hopkins and Sarah meet. So Sarah talks to him and says, What has my uncle like done? And he's he's innocent and I will she pretends to be a servant girl, not his, not niece, his niece, to right. somewhat protect herself Distance a little bit. while she's trying to protect her uncle. Yep, yep. And she says, well, I think Hopkins is the one that said, why don't we meet tonight back in your room around 8 o'clock or whatever the time frame is. Yeah. And you can tell me why you believe he's innocent. There's a line in this part. Vincent is very sinister and again, it's a great performance, but... There's a line of, I hope you're prepared to do whatever is necessary to convince me or to prove his innocence. You would be his niece. Your name, child? Sarah. I am Matthew Hopkins, witch finder. Being his niece, you too may be corrupted by Satan. No, not his niece. A foundling taken in by him and his housekeeper. Are you telling me the truth, yes, child? Yes, yes, of course. When she died, I became his servant. And you have remained innocent all of these years? Yes, sir, entirely. I trust you know the old man. Better than anyone. You better be ready to have sex yeah, with me. We're all aware when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to, that, that's happening for sure. Yeah, and it's, you can tell, ugh, yeah, Dw- Dwyer in this, she's amazing. Her kind of turning where she's trying to be seductive but she's mm-hmm. also there's this level right underneath that where you can tell she's scared yeah it's a great duality performance yeah i probably shouldn't say this but this is my laugh out loud moment but <laughs> they're at a tavern and it's you know I've, it's messed up stuff you got these ladies being treated poorly by stern and some other gentlemen stern takes a beer and just pours it on a woman's head no reason other than to just be 
uh, an ass. And but it made me laugh. I have to say, so I apologize to everyone. But it it did cause me to laugh. So one of the few moments in the film that I I had a good laugh at. This is one that's a little harder to find mm-hmm. to make them laugh because sure. it's so mean. Yeah, we move on to that evening. Uh, Sarah and Hopkins meet up in her room. She gives herself to Hopkins and hope it will change his mind about uh, her uncle. So they will just keep him in prison, but not torture him and eventually hang him. Any thoughts on this scene in her room? No, I mean, it's gross, but yeah. it does work for yeah. a while. Sure. Hopkins is keen to let her just do whatever and let the priest live. And then the second Stern is kind of forceful with Sarah. Then he's like, okay, fine. We'll just kill the priest because Stern's mm-hmm. getting too rowdy. I've got to quiet my man down, so let's kill the yeah, priest. Yeah, right. See, I took it as a, because... Which I don't know if we're skipping on your your notes. And I've stuff. got so, this stuff written down a little bit, but we can talk about it. Now. So he, so Hopkins has to leave for a while. Uh, Ke- uh, Kenny Omega is mad that mm-hmm. he's not like been a part of like the torturings and stuff and the sex. Um, yeah, and that he's going to get too, the sex. Know? Yeah, Kenny Omega goes and visits Sarah. Sarah while Matthew Hopkins is away, rapes her. There's like a village idiot that like sees it mm-hmm. and. He tells Hopkins, I read it as like... She's spoiled. Yeah, she's spoiled that Hopkins is not interested anymore. Yeah, you, I mean... Either way, it's it's fucked up and gross. Yeah, it's however you look at it, for sure. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it... I mean, I think it is part that, absolutely. But I do think he also sees it as, well, I've got to make my guy happy. So he, like, chills the fuck out so I can keep killing all these witches, these bitches, and just, like, get my money. After all this happens, the priest does get tortured. He gets tortured into confession along with two other women. And this is when we get the swimming test performed. I wrote down this is a very strong visual. The way it's shot and executed is just brilliant, brutal, but it's, it's, it's really you, well done. You feel it in your chest. Like it's such a, it's this whole film, I feel like you feel in your chest, at least I do. It's very, mm-hmm. again, it's just heavy. But. The swimming test, historically how this was performed, which if you watch Sheebies, there's kind of an accurate representation, a little bit more accurate of what the swimming test is in that film, where they would tie hands and legs would be tied to a chair. And so you'd be tied to an apparatus of some kind, and then you'd be thrown into a lake. If you swam or float, you're a witch, and you're Mm going to be pulled out and hung. If you drowned... You're not a witch, and you get to go to the kingdom of heaven, so mm-hmm. you're safe. Right. But either, either way, way you're, you're dying. You're done. You're dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, yeah. So it, in this, it's, I feel, it shows, like, they were able to swim and move, and historically, there was no chance you were gonna, you were gonna drown. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, one of the women pleads for the life of her unborn child, mm-hmm. in which Kenny Omega says that nobody would fuck a witch. Yeah. And you will be withdrawn from the water hanged by the neck until you are dead. You can't help me! I will die! And who'd want to make you pregnant, witch? (laughs) Quiet. Stern, go on with your task. Mm. And everyone laughs. Uh, I I laughed too. I know you did. (laughs) I wasn't going to tell the listeners that you laughed, but you did laugh. I'll tell them myself. (laughs) (laughs) They laughed. Nolan laughed. Stacy and I didn't laugh, just for the record. Nolan laughed. <laughs> no, I find this film to be quite uh, hard to watch and harrowing. This shit really happened. Yeah. Uh, people do awful, 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 terrible shit in the name of God. Stupid 
fucking people. I do not believe that he believed the bullshit he was preaching. Oh, I'm sure that many of the priests that have tortured people also didn't believe in the shit. Yeah. After this swimming test was uh, performed, the priest and uh, the two other ladies are ultimately hung for being witches and Satanists, whatever you want to call it. Richard hears of the hanging of the priest and he heads back to the town of Brindiston. Brindle, Brindiston? Brindiston. Brindiston. You're good. I'm trying here. Uh, <laughs> I think it's in Suffolk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard and Sarah meet up while they're there. This is like one of my favorite scenes here. It's, it's very touching. Also the way it's shot and framed. Richard comes back and they meet in, in the Vandalized cathedral, or, cathedral. Yeah, in there. And there's like the word witches that are it's on the yeah charcoal on the wall yeah. and and I love that like that shot is above them as they are asking God to marry them or yeah. as Richard's asking God to marry them. Spoiler: This is my high. This is my favorite scene in the film. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. very the exchange because she tells him and she doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to say it, but she says yes. Matthew Hopkins was here, um, mm-hmm. and he. She doesn't say what happened. She's like, I didn't want to. Yeah. And then he grabs her arm, doesn't say anything to her, grabs her arm and then takes her up to the front of the chapel and has her kneel down with him and they speak to mm-hmm. God. I find it his betrothed is telling him, yeah, this man raped me. And I feel like especially a lot of religious people during this time would be like, oh, she's evil and disgusting right. and she's trash now. Like, don't. Mm-hmm. And he, um, I find it very, very moving. That, mm-hmm. And I think it's effective, especially your cold heart, Nolan. If you were moved, yep. that's amazing. I loved it. But I find it very emotional that he immediately is like, well, I'm going to marry you. Yeah. Ooh, your heart stealer. Oh, he's such a handsome he boy. He a great actor. Yeah. What I liked about it, too, is most films that take place in this era would have the dude still be an ass because that's what most of them would do, I assume. But, like, I like here that... They had the guy be like a respectable guy, and well, it's like because he doesn't care about the. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had already slept together. Yeah, it, he's not. So it's much someone he loves and believes, and yeah, they and trust he knows each other. That and I this like it. Awful trauma, mm-hmm. the traumatic thing where she saw her uncle tortured, half drowned, and hung. Yeah, and she was raped by multiple men, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I love her, and I'm gonna make sure that no one else can be like, oh, she's unclean or anything. Like he's right. like, I'm marrying her because I love her. Mm-hmm. It's just very, it's it's yep. good. And a fucking murder vow. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. burn everyone down. He goes. He goes full Charles Bronson Batman on everyone. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yep. That's right. Justice. Yep. As you said, Richard vows to kill all the men who did this to Sarah and her uncle. Next up, we have a great tavern bar fight between Richard and John Stern. That's how you film and edit a good fist fight. Great spacing here. Yeah. You can tell everything that's going on. Good. Whatever's in the bar is being used as a instrument of death. It's you not just a, decoration. Yeah. You have a chair. You have cups of beer. You have whatever the bartender was holding that smashed <laughs> uh, like a, Richard in the back of the well, head. Well, you get thrown yeah. against the bar. You get thrown against yeah. the back walls. Yeah. You get thrown mm-hmm. against the tables. Everybody is... Every part of that room yeah. is touched by a body part. There's an ingredient of like salt or something that's picked up and thrown. It, mm-hmm. It's great. Did, did you think that Kenny would have got more offense in? You know, he does good for himself, but I will have to say Stern, or wait, oh, I'm sorry. Stern is Kenny. My bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, I feel like no he, V triggers. He did fine. 
but, I don't think because he's such a he's a quite a stout man in our martial our hero. Yeah, he's tall but a little bit scrawny, and I mean he's a warrior, so yeah. But you would think Stern would be a little bit more. I mean, he's the brute force of Hopkins. He's his muscle. Yeah. You would think that he would have a little bit more weight to throw around. He pretty much hightails it as quickly yeah. as he can. Well, while I like to joke that this uh, Stern man looks like Kenny Omega, and he does. He does. Um, I mean, Kenny's way more handsome. Stern looks like a evil dirtbag version. These men are bitches. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they are weak, <laughs> feeble little bitch boys. <laughs> and they... And much more so in real life, for absolutely. Oh, yes. Um, anybody that did this shit or used, you know, their power in this way, like, fuck those people. It would be wonderful if hell was a real place. So and they could I be... Could eternally torture them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck them. Yeah. Can I say one acting choice real quick? And this is nothing that anybody probably wouldn't agree with. But I feel like the Stern character... I could see Oliver Reed in this spot here. I don't know oh, why. I, I do. I like Robert Russell, whatever his name sure. is. Sure. I do, but I mean, I love Ollie Reed. If I can watch Ollie Reed in anything, I will. Again, I was just, I don't know why that came to me. It's probably because of his, like... I think there's too much sexual prowess there. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> I honestly... <laughs> yeah. I think that people would be too into him that's, torturing. I mean, I know I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't think I could do Ollie Reed in this film. I was thinking of him as Matthew Hopkins... You know, because he would actually be close to the real age at that time that Matthew Hopkins was. But I do think that, like... I don't need to feel that Ollie way. Ollie Reed doesn't seem like a bitch. Yeah, and we I don't... Can, we can cut out all this. No, I no, just I wanted like to... Yeah. I just was like, man, no, I, you're, no, you're this a gives me, for him. This gives me an opportunity yeah. to play a small clip of okay. the Devils of him saying... No! Call me made and proud. The greatest sinner ever to walk on God's earth. But Satan's boy, I could never be. I haven't the humility. Do you do you like that? Whenever Vincent Price is talking to anyone, he always says "man." I do. Yeah, he says like four times. I really enjoyed that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Richard chases. So after this fight, Richard uh, and John have like a chase on horseback john this is shot yeah it's awesome so good uh john escapes eventually and runs into hopkins and tells him about richard and the situation yeah great great scene there's a line i love here too where uh stern tells hopkins he's after our blood and mm -hmm. hopkins is you know well we can use our power and whatever to to turn this to our benefit if we need and he says also, and he looks over at him because Stern's got a bloody nose. Yep. He's like, it looks like he's had some years. That's right. His blood. And that's one of the few moments that does make me chuckle a mm -hmm. little bit. Mm -hmm. These two have a very tense relationship all the way through. Mm -hmm. I like it. They're split up here is John and Hopkins as they're going to... They're going south. South to... Is it Lebanon? Or have, or have we not made it there yet? I don't, don't know, know Johnny Hopkins. If you. All right. And some soldiers, they... Come up to him and they won't let him pass. Yeah, Cromwell's men. Come, it's <laughs> some more of uh, Marshall's squad. Yeah, so what they've been, they've been going around the countryside 
and sequestering horses yeah. for the military effort because that's what uh, Ogilvy, that's what he's doing when he, he gets to that town before he finds out about Matthew Hopkins. He's trying to get horses for the army. Throughout the movie, they talk about the state of the horses, how the horses are weak. Once they get to a better town, the horses will be better. They're trying to get their good-looking horses and then they bitch out. Yeah, so... Well, Stern freaks out and then they're like... Stern gets upset. Yeah. Hopkins just like leaves him out there to dry. He shoots someone. He does shoot someone, kills him dead. And yeah, I like it. I like Hopkins, you know, even though he's a coward, I, I like that he had the fortitude to get out of there. Truly a worm because he mm-hmm. just slithers out of every freaking situation. Yeah, leaves his number two to just get fucked over mm-hmm. here. Stern gets captured by the soldiers, but he has some fortitude of his own as the he escapes. Gets shot in the arm in the process uh, and has, <laughs> this is actually a pretty impressive scene. He is able to take the bullet out of his own arm. Would you say that he's a one-winged angel? Yeah. <laughs> but look. That's uh, more Kenny Omega. It's a- Omega's a badass here, okay? Stern has, uh, has it out now for Hopkins, who has deserted him. So after this happens, uh, we, we cut to Richard, who has made it back to uh, his camp and... His commanding officer is pretty upset with him for deserting his platoon or what do you yeah, want to call it? Yeah, he basically took a full day to go yeah. deal with all of this stuff to go marry mm-hmm. Sarah and without get telling the, anybody get the fuck out of Stern. What's going on? Yeah, he he basically is forgiven because of saving his life. Again, it's his his status already in the military. Mm-hmm. Kind of everything he's done up to this point, he has such a high. So many people admire him and his commander. He saved his life, so he's yeah. like, yeah, okay, fine, you're good this time. Yep. And so the result of this is actually a promotion rather than a death or demotion. So we meet the character you guys talked about earlier. That oh, was, Cromwell. Yep. And we meet him and he uh, says that Richard has been promoted to captain. Yeah. So Cromwell is the leader of the Parliament Army and he sends him on a mission with two others that he chooses to intercept the king who is trying to escape to France. Mm-hmm. Yes, and while he does this, he's also told his soldiers that are with him, like, my main objective, though, is to find Hopkins, and I'll do what they ask me, but also during this journey, we're going to find him, and I'm going to kill him. I'm murdering the fuck mm-hmm. out of this dude. And they're like, cool, we're here. We yeah. got it. We mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Hopkins has... This is where I was trying to go earlier. I was just way early. He has... a. Gone to a town called Lebanon, I believe. It is called Lebanon. Is where he has gone to. And he has decided to continue his execution skills and taking out more witches there. We Right as we get into that town, like he's in the middle of an execution, which is another just brutal scene. He he does say that he's going to implement a new technique once he gets there. The first thing that get he the does burning. is it shows him in his end room undressing like kind of mm-hmm. taking off his overcoat and he says yes bring two young women in i've got to that's immediately right. examine mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. question them i need to mm-hmm. conduct my experience or my interrogation interrogations yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i need to conduct my interrogations and he's like well, we've got two older ones that we know would be easy and he's like nope the older ones are stubborn bring mm-hmm. the young ones <laughs> the young ones the young hot uh-huh. ones please that's right i like them fresh the, again that's really just, gross yeah I love that there's so much restraint in that. You don't need to say what it is because you just know. 
Mm-hmm. Right. What it is. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. Which leads up to one of the young women being burnt to death. In front of her betrothed. Yes. And oh, yes, a lady named Elizabeth. Yep. Which, you know, you have to imagine that she was one of the ones. And just all the awful shit. And that guy was living through it and just being held unable to do anything to help her. Yeah, so uh, in reality... comes this, into play later. This man's wife or fiancé is stolen in the middle of the night, given to Hopkins. He rapes her mm-hmm. and then sends her back to a dungeon where she was tortured and pricked. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, she is... We'll get... I'll let you... Yeah, yeah, I mean... He builds a, a pyre yeah. and he's he burns her at the Puts her up there. This is... I laughed at the scene not because I thought it was funny, but I like was in awe. I do that when I watch yeah, things. Yeah, because it, it's like something so <laughs> radical yeah. that you're seeing that you're like, oh, yeah. It's not that they. It's actually not a stake that they lit light on fire. There is an apparatus that she's lowered yeah. into the mm-hmm. fire. It's a so she is tied to a ladder, and the ladder is raised to a cross, a beam. She is lowered onto the fire as they release the rope. And the fire is so high up that it catches her very mm-hmm. early before she's fully put into yeah. it. And it's a good looking effect. It looks insane. It's one of the the best, like, I've ever seen a, a, a body being burned, but also, like, shit. That looked real. And, and horrific. I love the shot. So it he gets pretty close to when she's being lowered. Like, there's a shot above her. There's a shot to the side. But then there's a shot that has all the townspeople. It's really wide and pulled back mm-hmm. where you have all the townspeople. You have the pyre. You have her burning. And it's just... These bells start tolling. Yeah. It's so eerie and yeah. this horrific thing happening in broad daylight. And then it's really messed up, but the, it, the boyfriend is crying out her name the entire right. time. Mm-hmm. I did write down what an image though, because it's something that will almost up there with me with like Wicker Man, although Wicker Man, it's obviously a much larger event and takes that, that's it, what the whole movie's built right. towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it but it's up there with the same lasting image as that for me. Yeah. Like I, I really found it quite affecting. Because this is like something that happens, I mean, it's towards the end, but it's more mm-hmm. in the middle of the film and you're like, right. there's really no, he just says, I'm going to implement a new yeah. method and then it's thrown away and then we go into the burning and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Bring forth Elizabeth Clark. Ah! Right. Tingle. Thanks for the rope. To move on here, John Stern has also landed in Lebanon because he heard that's where Hopkins is. It is called Lebanon. He finds Hopkins and at first, obviously not happy with him, but they end up deciding to get back together because Hopkins like, uh, why kill me if you can have some silver or whatever money The Greek precedent. Yeah. It takes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Lebanham. It is called Lebanon. Okay. Lab- that's the name of the place? It is called Lebanon. Yeah. And I was like, I think there's a place in England Lebanon. called Lebanon. I'm sorry. Maybe there is. That's Lebanham. how good my ears are, you know? Lebanon. It is called Lebanon. If this isn't a big hassle when you're editing, when I say Lebanon, can you just like have a thing that goes in there? Incorrect. <laughs> I think you say it three times. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. These two hook back up. They see Sarah as is now also in this town. At this point, Richard also has made it to this town and he finds Sarah as well. They embrace, they have a sex again this time, sadly not shown on screen, but they embraced. <laughs> it's been a long time. They I think at this point other. we don't need to see it on screen. I agree, but also, I'm just saying we didn't see it. Hopkins and Stern, they have devised a plan. 
to take down Sarah and Richard. After Sarah and Richard have reconvened, there's a knock on their door. I like that you say they have conducted a plan, which they do, because there's a scene of them <laughs> conspiring. But literally their only move is to be like, we're going to call them witches. Uh-huh. Witches and like, we're going to kill them. They're like, he, mm-hmm. And I love because Stern's, like, Stern's like, how are we going to get past this man? He's mm-hmm. going to kill us. And Hopkins yeah. is like, we're very powerful. We got we're going to burn them. Mm-hmm. They're fucking witches. That's right. We got the Everybody, whole town on our side. We say it. Everyone's going to believe it. Yep. They're witches. Absolutely. <laughs> so... They get a knock on the door. Obviously, it's Hopkins and Stern. This man accuses you, Sarah Lowe's, and you, Richard Marshall, of consorting with the devil. Is that not so, Master Webb? Tis that, sir. Will you describe your evidence to us? I observed the accused talking with their familiars and making the signs of Satan, sir. And what were these familiars to which you refer? Black cat and a stoat, sir. You're a very observant citizen, Master Webb. Well, Sarah, do you confess? What do you have to say, soldier? I'm going to kill you, Hopkins. I don't think you'll find that easy. The law is with me, remember. What are you? An accused witch. So they're going to take them to a castle that's nearby. The Magister's Castle. Yeah, and as this happens, the fiancé of... Elizabeth. Elizabeth comes in and he wants to kill Hopkins. Hopkins shoots him first in like the chest or gut. The gut area. And just leaves him. I have to keep telling you who we are. It's fine. We're just going to say yeah. that dude was a witch or, you know, he was upset we killed a witch and that's that. Mm-hmm. Can I just say also, and, and this will come into play very much here in a second at the very end, but I love the blood in this movie. It's like a painterly red mm-hmm. that I I know it's been used before, but it really heightened in this movie that like really the, stands out. The rest of this film is there. There's color in it for sure, but mm-hmm. there I would say that most of the colors are a little bit muted. Yeah, it's the brightest down. color is the blood. Yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Okay, so after he gets sh- shot, they're taken to the castle. This guy is able to tell Richard's fellow soldiers because they're looking for him. Mm-hmm. Before he dies, he's able to tell them that Hopkins and Stern have taken Richard and Sarah to this castle. At this point, we get kind of our final scenes here. If you guys, I'm going to roll yeah, through this. Yeah, you're and good. You guys say what you want after I get done here. But Sarah starts getting tortured in pretty rough ways. And then at one point, they take her and put her like face down on an area. The way it's framed is you have Stern holding like Sarah. She's tied up against the wall in this dungeon and Stern's poking her, pricking mm-hmm. her. And she's screaming and crying. And the entire time, Marshall is facing out. Mm-hmm. He, he's bound where she's facing the wall. He's facing out towards the men. And Hopkins is just staring at him. Like, yep. I'm going to keep hurting her until, until you confess. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he yep. knows neither of them are witches. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. Do you want her to be tortured to death? Because that's what we're doing. Yep. Sarah. I'm going to place this iron on your back. Should you faint or cry out, we can only take it that Satan has intervened to spare you your agony. However, I could show mercy if... If Captain Marshall were to confess to witchcraft first. But will you do it, sir? I shall kill you. And so as this is going on, 
the two guys were, that were with Richard finally make it to the castle. They bust through one guard. They bust through another guard. They finally make it up to the room. Do you like that moment where the one guard, yeah. right before they get up to like, the tower, yeah. he's like, you got proper paperwork. You need the paper. <laughs> we'll go get that. It's really good. It's, it's good. It's yeah. a good little moment of mm-hmm. breather between all yeah. the torture. Yeah. I also forgot to mention, we have like a little character earlier where Stern finds out where Hop- Hopkins went. And it's this strange little guy who's just telling him, and he makes like some jokes, and I thought he was really funny, but I didn't write down. Oh, he's trying to sell a horse. There's a couple characters like that. Yeah. So uh, he, Stern's trying to buy a horse from him, and he's trying to get a pound and a quarter or something, and mm-hmm. trying to haggle. That's Before how he that, finds out where Hawkins yeah. is. Ogilvy runs into a shepherd That's right. who mm-hmm. is a, a strange fellow as well. Yeah, I like those little side characters. But the one you're talking about, Molly, yeah. <laughs> that little guy, he makes a lot of funny faces. He does. And he's just like, oh, oh. I really like my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed him a <laughs> yeah. lot. So That is another I'm little sorry I didn't get to write that guy down. But no, you're good. I just thought I'd mention We don't him. get his name or anything. We don't, that's true. This last scene happens. Richard gets loose from his chains. Well, they. it's kind of funny because Stern... Hopkins tells him, bring him over here. I want him to kneel in front of his wife as, she, as I yep. brand her. And Stern's kind of like, I don't think this is a good idea. True. He's like, sir, I don't. And he's like, do it. Yep. And as he's untying him, the other men come up. They come up. Uh, Richard kicks the shit out of Stern in the face. And <laughs> yeah, like, kicks his face in. Yeah, blood just everywhere. And then he finally gets to Hopkins and just finds an axe. It's mm-hmm. like a little hatchet. And just starts hacking away at him. And yeah. it's in like a medium wide shot. And it's just like over and over. And, and I like, said, it's, it looks and sounds, I know there's sound mixing, but it looks and sounds like he's just hitting yeah. Price so hard. <laughs> it's He beats the shit out of him with a hatchet. It's amazing. Like and I he, gotta say. He's kind of crazed at this mm-hmm. point because he's messed up from being just blood yeah. driven that he wants to kill these assholes mm-hmm. and also seeing his... Yeah, wife well, they're, being tortured. They're both driven insane by the end of this. Right. And Hopkins is alive through all of this. Mm-hmm. Like he is just beating on him with this axe. Yeah, he's and, him in the back and the side. Not, yeah, not anything but too you vital. see him moving around and like blood is everywhere. She's screaming. One of the soldiers, Mercy, kills Hopkins. He shoots and him. Ogilvy just loses his shit. Like you stole him from me. Mm-hmm. And it, those are the last lines. Like, he just keeps repeating it. And then you get a close-up of Sarah's face, her screaming. Yeah. And then... A deathly scream. You get the... Echo through the halls. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a precursor to... Halloween. To Halloween and Texas Chainsaw. So the movie ends with Sarah just screaming. And her screams go over the credits. But then you do get the sequence of the hallways, of the dungeon, of... And they're shot exactly how Carpenter shoots uh, the interiors for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it works it's just, just a few seconds. A few seconds. And it just, that ending, man, it fucking hits me. And it, the whole movie makes me, like, my stomach just have, like, not up. And it's very uncomfortable. These type of stories, I think, are very important because I think we need to shine a light on the real horrors that happen because... Stupid fucking people using their power and God and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Very hard to watch this one because of how well executed it is. Others because I think that they lean more into exploitativeness than... This isn't exploitative at all. No, no. It's, this is it's just, just a hard watch. It's a hard watch, but I feel like he he it's just enough. But still, 
it shows restraint where it, it yeah, it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. And not that there are some stories where even if they move into the exploitative of these type of stories, I do like those as well. But I this is very, very tasteful. I really like this movie a lot. So I think it was a great pick. Before we get into like our final closing thoughts and categories, I really quickly want to tell you guys a little bit about the real Matthew Hopkins. Sure. This is a pretty accurate representation. Uh, Matthew Hopkins was doing most of this between 1644 and 1647. He ended up dying. There's not a lot known about his death. Some say that he was his own methods of interrogation were used on him and that he was drowned. Others say that he died of tuberculosis at home in his mm-hmm. bed. So, again, there's some murky historical facts with that. But he did all of this in his mid to early 20s. At the oldest, whenever he died, he was 28. He was between 25 and 28 when he died. But, again, people don't know exact dates of when he was born and when he died. So he was a 20-something-year-old doing this. And he, his family were Puritans, which they were Protestants that were trying to eradicate uh, Roman Catholicism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. during that time and kind of purify the Church of England of those type of practices. They were very radicalized in their beliefs. And he was, they kind of mentioned this at the very beginning of this movie, which I've never caught before. He was an impoverished lawyer early in his 20s. And he pivoted to witch hunting Mm -hmm. whenever being a lawyer wasn't profitable. He became a witch hunter and gave himself the title of witch finder general. He would go around from town to town clearing their witches. It it never specifies in the movie and it sounds like it may not specify. Was he hired? Was he part of the government or was he his personal? This was was a personal thing. This was a personal thing that he, and he kind of, it's like a grassroots movement, if you will, where he Mm -hmm. kind of made... Uh, he would work with local magistrates and local government for mm-hmm. each of these towns. Sure. And he, but this was his own thing. Okay. He gave himself that title. At no point did Parliament ever okay. term him Witchfinder General. He called himself that. And he would, again, it was very lucrative. He went on to, right before his death, he wrote The Discovery of Witches, which is a, such a boring book. Again, it's fascinating because mm-hmm. of the historical, he wrote it and it's fascinating, but it is boring. It is written in a very old English way where all of the information kind of comes at the end of the sentence. So it's like you're reading all of these words and then it kind of gives you what the actual brunt of it is at the very end, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So kind of hard to read, but it goes through his full method of how he determines who is a witch and who isn't. But again, I've already told you his three main methods of interrogation and investigation. It was first pricking, then sleep deprivation and torture, and then the swimming test was his Mm -hmm. favorite. I'm actually not certain if he ever burned anybody either. I think mainly he would send people to the gallows. I couldn't find anything really if he said anything about burning. I think that was more of just a cinematic. Yeah. yeah, It's effective. Which is, yeah, yeah, very much. But he, he was a very evil greedy human so as soon as he found he could make money off of doing this that's what he did yeah. and he did it until he died that's speaking of fascinating evil shitty fuckers yes what's up known highs and lows really great movie that uh, glad you picked it like i said and uh visually interesting and great story i really hope that you seek out his other films i hope yeah. anybody listening to this that hasn't does but you specifically nolan i think you really like them cool. i think you you dig his his storytelling and just his visuals a yeah. lot. It's really cool. Michael Reeves makes nothing but good films. It's true. This is a great film. Yeah, I I love this. I, I think I've said everything I needed to. Uh, highs, lows, make them laugh. 
My high specifically is that scene of the wedding. I love the framing. I love the juxtapose of their union with all this chaos and horrific, you know, the graffiti on the, the chapel. It's it's very well shot. It's very, the actors are very good in the scene. Uh, it's very well written. Very uh, Just everything about it is really well done. Overall, it's just, to pick one scene, that is my, yeah. it's hands down my favorite. My low, it's a tragedy that this is his last movie. And I know mm-hmm. I keep just like riffing on that, but this to me is the low point of it. I, I hate that we didn't get to see more from him and that he passed away just right after this released. And then my... Make him laugh is the um, it's two things. One is the the comment of Hopkins to Stern of it looks like he already got some of your blood. I mm-hmm. I found it funny. Just us watching this, you pointing out that Stern looks like Kenny Omega was my <laughs> make him laugh because really nothing about this movie is funny. It's even like the the tiny moments you get that are you could say are levity. It's not really. It's it's all hard. So that was funny to me, and I like that every time I watch this now I'm gonna think of Kenny Omega. So that's interesting. <laughs> My low point is the same as yours. Uh, it's a shame we didn't get more more Michael Reeves films. My high point is the ending. I think the ending is fantastic and haunting and very well done and possibly quite influential to other great genre classics. My make them laugh. I don't there's not really anything there isn't. I guess like the funniest part of the movie would be like Nolan realizing all the pumpkin pie haircuts. <laughs> you just stole my low. But yeah. Oh. Thanks. But it was just to know it was way too far into the film. Yeah. Until because like, oh, if you watch a historical movie with mm-hmm. Nolan, typically he's like, Oh good pumpkin pie mm-hmm. which I'll post a picture somewhere yeah. of what a pumpkin pie haircut is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. High point in the film is the just the image of uh, Elizabeth being burned at the stake. I just Yeah, I was a Impressed with that visual and the setup of that shot. It yeah. Really impressed me. In a in a movie full of of great visuals. But anyway, that, that one just stuck with me. Stacy alluded to, my low point is the number of unfortunate haircuts, in particular the pumpkin pie haircut. <laughs> a lot of guys just they need to get with the program. I, I can't help them. You can't help them. If God was here, you couldn't help them. When you yeah. got hair like that, you just you take some scissors and just cut out the front. That's you, how you... You're too busy trying to, like, not die of yeah. awful diseases yeah. or, like, just, like, a boil. Yeah. Sure. You don't have time. Like, you just... You cut yourself. You just you gotta just... deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you put that bowl on the head. No, yeah. and you... If you were born in this time period, you wouldn't have made it one, but you would have... You would have sure. had a pumpkin pie. Man. You would have had a powerful pumpkin I mean, pie. I had one when I was in middle school. No, we know. So, you know... There's yeah. visual evidence. Have you ever thought about growing another one? No, but I mean, maybe I should. You should. Because I should just give up. <laughs> well, I don't think that's giving up. I, mean, I do. You think that's leveling up? I'd call it leveling no. down. I just think it would be funny. If I'm in a place where... So that where every day that you saw him, it would give you chuckles? I would laugh. If I have gotten to a place where I've given up on life, I will do that. Okay. So I should worry if yes. I should call a hotline. You probably should. We need to get in touch with a priest or a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my make him laugh is just uh, the lady at the tavern who gets a beer bath. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think that tavern winch deserved it? Well, no, but I enjoyed it. Probably everyone's favorite part of the show. Melanie, um, do we have a MFK? For this film? We do. Oh my God. We, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I know this is a mean film, but regardless, we must push forward. So, I kind of feel like we're all going to have the same one for this, I assume. 
This week it is the general himself, Matthew Hopkins, his trusty number two, John Stern, and our dashing savior, Richard Marshall. I'm going to marry Richard. Me and Richard are going to fuck everything up. Yeah. You're going to fuck and fuck everything up. Yeah. He's very handsome. He's going to have that captain's pay now. We're going to redo his family farmstead, even though it's been in disrepair. Uh, But we're going to bring it back to prominence. And we're not stopping at Matthew Hopkins and uh, Kenny Omega. We're we're killing all of the witch hunters. We're going to go all over England and just fist murder... All of the bad people. I feel like it's a reverse Winchester thing where you're killing all the people that are trying to, like, accuse other people of, like, weird supernatural Yeah, shit. we're going to be, like, 1600s Batman. Yeah. Like, yeah. and a tombstone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to fuck Kenny Omega, but I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Like, as a distraction so that he can... Marshall can murder him. Yeah. Well, eventually. But I am going to put a, a a little blonde mop on his head to to make him look more like Kenny. That's beautiful. That's interesting. Kenny's handsome. Okay. I get it. Here's the thing. I, has- I don't feel comfortable with these picks. Uh, this movie is uh, quite troubling. Yeah. So this uh, segment's troubling to me. Uh, I'm going to kill Matthew Hopkins. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I have the same picks. I, I'm marrying Marshall. I'm definitely begrudgingly having sex with Stern, but only purely as a distraction so that he can be lured into a terrible, terrible death trap for mm-hmm. certain. And then, yeah, fuck Matthew Hopkins. Both of them are dying, but yes. fuck Matthew Hopkins. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We're going to grieve it for the most part. Okay. The, the two guys are going to die. I'm just going to do it in a little different way. Got it. I am marrying Richard. Uh, yeah. Beautiful man. Mm-hmm. He'll treat me right. He's got me protected. All the good stuff. All of the qualifiers All the things I want. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm effing Matthew Hopkins. But here's where it gets interesting is I'm actually, me and Richard, obviously, are going to kill these guys. So I'm flipping how Hopkins treats his ladies. I'm going to flip, flip the switch there. So I'm going to F him and promise him that if we F, I'm not going to kill... His number two guy, what's his name? Stern. Kenny Omega. He's just going to be imprisoned and, and everything. But then I'm going to flip that switch. And after I fuck him, then we are going to just kill the other guy. And then we Hopefully kill Hopkins. Hopefully you're, Ho- you're performing Hopkins. every interrogation ritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that he's going to care if you threaten to kill Stern. I don't either. I don't either, but it's still what's going to happen. I mean, ultimately, your desires are going to be met either way. They're both going to die. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can say this. Hopkins is getting effed, and the other, Stern, is he's done. He's dead. And Hopkins will die. He's done without having the pleasure. They're both going to die, but one's just getting effed by me. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. It's not our. It's not my finest moment of still going forward with an MFK. All right, guys. uh, Fun episode, or a disturbing episode, however you want to look at it, but Great movie. We will be back next week with our final Halloween horror spooky season episode. Yeah, so stay tuned for that as we finish up our marathon and finish out the season. In the meantime, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also find us on 
Instagram, on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find me personally at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Esclover84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Oh, 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 oh. With that said, Dracunoni says, Happy Halloween, babies. Dracunoni. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? Has he taken us?